So good morning. It's uh, it's great to be back. We've been looking forward to it, and we were quite excited also. We didn't sleep till like 2 a.m. <laughs> and not just because of the jet lag, but I think we were just excited to uh, meet you all again. I was quite happy with the songs that we sang this morning when we thought of the beauty of Jesus. That is basically the topic this morning, the beauty of Jesus. And I selected a few passages and um, a few have volunteered to read. So maybe, Sebastian, you can start reading from Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Morning, church. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord of all my soul, of David. Bless the Lord of my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord of my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfy you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Who satisfies you with good, oh sorry, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses. He acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast laugh. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And we will continue reading in Matthew chapter 9. I think it was Matet who volunteered. Matthew 9, verses 1 to Sorry. A reading from Gospel of Matthew 9, 1-8 And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic man lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your heart? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. Thank you very much. Let me skip a few verses and continue. In verse 18, Martin, can you read that? Up to the end of the chapter. 
Good morning, everyone. The heading is A Girl Restored to Life and a Woman Healed. Verse 18. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. Verse 23. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. 26. And the report of all this went through all that district. Jesus heals two blind men. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. Verse 28. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame through all that district. Jesus heals a man unable to speak. Verse 32. As they were going away, behold, a demon-oppressed man who was mute was brought to him. And when the demon has been cast out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casts out demons by the prince of demons. The harvest is plentiful, the laborers few. 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. 37. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Thank you. Thank you very much. Over the past weeks and months, we've been in touch with uh, Craig quite a bit through email and uh, WhatsApp. And maybe you remember uh, Craig's WhatsApp profile. It says, uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And the first, the first that spoke to us in the last Sunday that we were um, in our home church back in the Netherlands is somewhat similar. It's from Psalms 50. And I put that in my WhatsApp profile. 
It says, whoever offers praise glorifies me, says God. Whoever offers praise glorifies me. So we bless the Lord, we offer praise. That is in fact what we were made for. He made us for himself. It says in Romans, for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. How does that sound? If I or one of us would say that, it would be like narcissism almost. Me, me, me. When God says it, because of who he is, it's the most beautiful thing. It is the greatest gift that God would give us. See, a rose is made to bloom, to show its colors. An eagle is made to to fly, to soar high. And we are made to worship. And that's a beautiful thing. When we don't worship him, we are like an unopened rosebud or an eagle on the ground. We were made to worship. And when we bless the Lord, we praise him for who he is. As it says in the psalm, bless his holy name. And we give thanks for what he has done and forget not all of his benefits. And then it continues, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Now maybe you're here and you say, okay, I believe my sins are forgiven, but he didn't heal all my diseases. There's no easy, straightforward answer to that. And I don't know all of you yet. We look forward really to get to know all of you much better and to learn your life stories. We really look forward to that. For now, let me say this, that I think this psalm that we read, Psalm 103, in the first place, depicts the ministry of Jesus Christ as we read it in the Gospels. And I think we find a wonderful fulfillment of this prophecy in this psalm in Matthew 9, the chapter that we read. And we will look at a sequence of five stories, starting with the paralyzed man. And you can put as a heading, who forgives all your iniquities. Then we have skipped a few verses and we read the story of the woman with the flow of blood. And the title is, who heals all your diseases. And then it continues with Jairus, Jairus' daughter, who redeems your life from destruction. Then the two blind men who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And finally, the mute and demon-possessed man who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that is the outline. In Matthew chapter 4, we read that Jesus left his hometown, Nazareth, and he went to live in Capernaum. I'm quite sure he prayed about it. Father, where do you want me to live? And the Spirit led him to a house that could fit quite a lot of people. It had a staircase at the side, a flat rooftop that could be opened quite easily. For God had a plan with that house. 
and when we moved here, we also looked for a place to live, of course. And um, the Lord provided a place in East Ledang. And initially, I wouldn't accept it because it is quite big. And then later, we realized it's the Lord's provision. So we took it, and we thank God for it, and we look forward to the plans He has for that house. Now back to this house in Matthew 9. It was packed with people. And the four friends arrived and they, they couldn't get in. And we read in uh, Mark and Luke how these four friends found a way to bring their friend to Jesus. They climbed up the roof, opened up the roof and lowered their friend on his bed right in front of Jesus. Quite creative. How creative are we in bringing our friends to Jesus and do we have faith like these four friends Jesus saw their faith it says and I take that as the faith of this man on the bed and his four friends and then he says son or child depending on the translation you use the Greek word is technon son child Imagine that, a world full of people and a house packed with strangers and yet son, child, not Mr. so-and-so or Mr. whatever, son, I know you. I know you since the day you were born and every day since. I know your pain, your struggling, your problem. I know you better than you know yourself. I know your biggest problem your sins. Son, cheer up. Your sins are forgiven you. Now that's quite a statement. And the scribes were kind of right when they said, who can forgive sins but God alone? It says so in Mark. But even God can't forgive sins just like that. There needs to be a righteous foundation for the forgiveness of sins. You may remember that verse from 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive, forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you, He claimed to be God. But not only that, He reconfirmed that He Himself would pay the price for that forgiveness. Have you recently felt the relief of your sins being forgiven? To suffer from a disease is, is, is quite something. Or to be physically disabled is quite something. But to be in your sins, to live and die in your sins is much, much worse. It's infinitely worse. And yet there's nothing you can do about it. Once you sin, that sin is on you. And it will remain on you. And you cannot do anything about it guilty forever but there was one who took away the sin of this world what a relief it's our choice whether or not we accept that whether or not we accept him see the scribe said this man blasphemes and the word man is not in the original they basically said this nobody this whoever he blasphemes. But thank God, by faith, we can say, Bless the Lord who forgives all our iniquities. 
And the next passage is one of my favorites. It's two stories, two parallel stories. They merge, they become one story. A woman who had been suffering for 12 years and a man who was losing the joy of his life, the joy that had enriched his life for that same 12 years, and both of them find Jesus. I went to the internet, and according to the internet, every second, two people die on this planet, and every second, four new babies are born. Every second, two life stories end, and every second, four new stories begin. And God wants to be involved in your story. With an interest, as if you were the only person on this planet. It says in Matthew 10, that he counts the very hairs on your head. Imagine that, God counting hairs, one, two, three, four, he knows you and he cares about you as if he had nothing else to do. We have prayed quite a bit during the process that started about one year ago when we were here also and Craig asked us to pray about coming over to IBCBI. And God did speak to us and he confirmed and reconfirmed that when that happens, when you're in in a church service and you hear the sermon and you hear the word of God coming to you and you feel like this is for us and after the meeting people come to you and they tell you this sounded like a word for you you're still like can it be can it be that the God of the universe speaks to me in such a detail in a world where every second two stories end and four new stories begin Yes, he does that. What a God we have. And therefore it was only right for Jairus. Do I pronounce it right? Jairus, right? It was only right for him to worship Jesus, the man who had just proven to be God in the beginning of the chapter. He fell down on his knees and he said, My daughter, she has died. Or according to Mark and Luke, she was about to die. And probably he said both. She's about to die. Maybe she has died already since I left the house. Come quickly, it's urgent. And then suddenly that other story starts to blend with the story of Jairus. A woman with a problem. Not as urgent, we would think. At least she had been struggling with it for 12 years already. So, But she thought, if I could only touch the hem of his garment. She had faith. Probably a bit of superstition or so, like if I touch this holy garment. But nevertheless, Jesus said, who touched me? And I, in my younger years, I struggled quite a bit whether or not I came to the Lord in the right way. Whether I had the right faith. And, and most of all, whether my repentance was good enough. And I prayed like hundred over times and asked the Lord Jesus to come into my heart as if he makes it very difficult to come to him. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe this sounds familiar. Depends a bit probably on your church background. But I strongly believe that the Lord 
longs to respond to even the weakest and most lousiest call upon him and respond to that and he doesn't wait till we fulfill all the requirements that we ourselves or others think we need to fulfill as the song says just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee O Lamb of God I come I come just as I am though tossed about with many a conflict many a doubt fightings and fears within without does it sound familiar to me it does nevertheless O Lamb of God I come and one touch of his garment and she wasn't even supposed to touch anybody or to or to be in a crowd at all because she was unclean because of her condition according to Jewish law but the response is immediate the flow of blood stopped she is healed she tries to quietly disappear but Jesus calls her out in the open for at least three reasons I think firstly to make known publicly that she was no longer unclean secondly to make contact see the Lord not just saves us like that and, and then lets us go he wants a relationship he wants contact and thirdly and it's very beautiful to grant her the lasting joy and peace by calling her his daughter very unique you don't find it anywhere else my daughter he says bless the Lord who reveals all your diseases now of course Jairus didn't have time for all this he could only think of his daughter but God is always greater than that and he can use other people's stories to enrich our own story for Jesus, this whole thing is not a delay, but rather, but rather an opportunity to strengthen the faith of their ears. It is as if he wants to tell him, I know exactly how you feel, dear ears. You are heartbroken about your daughter. I have a daughter too. When your daughter was born 12 years ago, my daughter started to have this problem, this flow of blood. And all the days you rejoiced in your daughter growing up, I saw my daughter struggling in poverty and shame and isolation. I know how you feel, Jairus. And now let's go to your daughter. And the story is quite familiar. And I think not too long ago, somebody has preached on this story in, in this church. I just quote from a song that I like very much. It's by Don Francisco. I can WhatsApp the link later if you want. Well, he just begun to go with me when a face I saw with fear came towards me with the news I knew I didn't want to hear. And although I tried to steal myself, I trembled when he said, Why bother the teacher anymore? Your little girl is dead. Then Jesus touched my shoulder and he told me not to grieve. The trembling stopped and he looked at me and said, Only believe. Then he sent the crowds away except his closest men and they followed right behind us when we started off again. But we were still a long way down the road when we heard the sounds and cries of the mourners and musicians as they strove to dramatize. My grief they had no business with beneath their loud disguise. My wife just sat there silently and stared through empty eyes. Then Jesus asked the mourners, why is it that you weep? She isn't dead as you suppose. The child is just asleep. It only took a moment 
for their wills to turn to, to turn to Jesus. Who does this man think he is? Get him out of here. But with authority, I've never heard from the lips of any man. He spoke and every sound rolled out with a thunder of command. And in the sudden silence, they all hurried for the door, wondering what the reasons were they'd ever come there for. Then he called his three <laughs> disciples that were with him on the way. He led them and my wife and me to where our daughter lay. He took her by the hand. He told her, child, arise. And the words were barely spoken when she opened up her eyes. She rose and walked across the room and stood there at our sides. My wife knelt down and held her close. And at last she really cried. Then Jesus told us both to see her daughter had some food. But as to how her life was saved, not to speak a word. So to the paralytic, he says, Son, my child, walk. To the woman with the flow of blood, My daughter, be clean. And to this little girl, My little girl, live. Miracle after miracle after miracle. In fulfillment of the prophecy of Psalm 103. How would your and my mind character change? by that sort of success how many reporters would be welcome how many talk show invitations would be accepted the part of the story I like most is the last phrase in the account of Luke and it makes me love my Lord even more he commanded that he be given something to eat where we would celebrate our success he thinks of her she needs to eat something. And by the way, don't mention it. Don't you love him? He is altogether beautiful. As we sang just now, what a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Bless the Lord who redeems your life from destruction. Then the next story. It's only recorded in Matthew. The gospel where Jesus is portrayed as king. And the two blind men call upon him by that title. Son of David, have mercy on us. It's good to remind ourselves that we deserve nothing. We can never go to God and ask him for something and say, I deserve this. All we can do is ask for his mercy. And he is full of mercy. Many kings we read of in the Old Testament... They fought for the crown. Some even killed their own family in order to protect their kingship. And the rulers and dictators of our time are not much, much better. But this king to whom we belong is totally different. Never in his life did he fight for his crown. In fact, the only crown he ever accepted was the crown of thorns. He looked beyond the cross and the shame to the joy that was set before him. He left his kingship fully in the hands of his father. And the joy he was looking forward to was to spend eternity with us. He is a king that is willing to crown us with loving kindness and tender mercy. Says Psalm 103. And these two blind men experienced that when Jesus opened their eyes. And all that he asked for is faith. 
This paralyzed man had faith. To the woman he said, Your faith has made you well. To Jairus he says, Fear not, only believe. And to these blind men he asked, Do you believe I'm able to do this? And all they said was, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. These two words go together. Do you believe that Jesus can forgive your sins? Do you believe he can offer you eternal life? Do you accept that? Do you accept him? If you say yes, then also say Lord. For Michelle and Kinza at the back, and for myself, a new adventure has started as a result of the Lordship of Christ in our lives. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a joy. It's going to be tough, probably. Sometimes heartbreaking, who knows. But I'm sure that someday we will look back and we will say, thank you, Lord. I'm glad we didn't miss it. Bless the Lord who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Finally, the healing of the mute and demon-possessed man, verse 32. In the, I'm quoting a commentary. In the Jewish understanding of demon possession, this man could not be helped. This was because most rabbis of the day taught that the essential first step in casting out demons was to compel or trick the demon into telling you its name. The name was then thought of as a handle by which the demon could then be removed. So this demon was very clever. He made the man mute, so he could never tell his name. But that is not a problem for Jesus, of course. The demon was cast out just like that, and the man spoke. Bless the Lord, who satisfied your mouth with good things. And the people marveled. Wow, this is new. But the Pharisees, the leaders, the so-called people of God who knew the scriptures, they said, he casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. Let that sink in for a while. He casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. You know what? If that's what you think, fine. I'm off. I'm going back to my father and see what happens to you all when I really leave you to the ruler of the demons. But what do we read? Verse 35 and 36. Then Jesus went about all their cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Moved with compassion. And the word that is used in Greek is the strongest word for pity in the Greek language. It describes the compassion which moves a man to the deepest depth of his being. Indeed, the Lord is merciful and slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Psalm 103 verse 8. Now, I don't know what you think of this sermon. Maybe you're like, okay, nice. 
but nothing new really. I knew the stories, I've read them hundred times over. How does it help me in the coming week? Please remember what I said in the beginning. We are made for worship. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, says the Lord God. And he is most delighted when we speak well of his son. And I trust our love and admiration for this Jesus will grow as we read and study the Gospels. Take time for worship on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And Michelle remind me to do that and to do that as a family. And then there's another thing I hope will encourage and motivate you in the coming days. See when we drove through woodlands into JB last Thursday it was, we saw a new mosque being built next to the causeway, quite a big one. And as we drove through the streets of Bukit Inda, we saw people burning piles of harmony and burning joysticks, like three, four meter tall joysticks. Because it's the month of the, the ghost, the Hungry Ghost <coughs> Festival and all that. Everywhere you see people acting out their beliefs that are based on nothing, just tales only. Those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, says Hebrews 2. Sheep having no shepherd. Are we still moved with compassion when we see that? Is it the deep desire of our hearts that people come to Jesus, who through death destroyed him who had the power of death? that is the devil, and released, and still can release, those in bondage. Verse 37, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So we pray. Father, we thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus. We love him. We admire his beauty. We want to be like him. And we see his compassion for the people around him, sheep with no shepherd. We pray that you will fill our hearts with that compassion that we see the world around us through your eyes we pray that you will send out people into your harvest we pray that as a church we will be able to reach out each one of us throughout the week that is before us and as a church that we as a local church as body of Christ will worship you and reach out to the people around us. We thank you for the example set in this chapter that we studied and we commend ourselves to you for the big that is ahead. In the Lord Jesus name we pray. Amen.
I think this is the end of the service and I read in the WhatsApp that we were having a meal together so glad when you stay on and uh, be nice to get to know you all better and, uh, and meet and fellowship and if there are any if there are any prayer requests or something you want to talk about then uh, please feel free to uh, come forward and uh, I'll be here and Eddie I suppose some others can take time to to pray and